We now return with our Church of the Week's message for today on AM570, The Mission, WMCA. As I was praying, I, I, I was uh, asking the Lord where to go, and the Lord just has been pu putting this passage of Scripture in my heart this whole week. And it's a very well-known Scripture, Psalm 23. My, my title this morning is, The Lord is My Shepherd. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Psalm 23, would you open up your Bibles with me? Many of us know it by heart. Six verses. Some of the most profound words I've ever read in my life. Let's read it together, all of us together. Amen? And the word of the Lord says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Glory to God. Hallelujah. You may take your seats this morning. Psalm 23, one of the most well-known passages of Scripture. Even atheists know this, this Scripture. Praise God. We hear this Scripture uh, spoken of and read of on funerals. And, and oftentimes, you know, it's, it's the one time where everyone pulls out this particular psalm. There are many people who have no fellowship with God, no relationship with God. Many don't even believe in God. But the, the fact is you walk into their house and their Bible is open on some kind of a mantle and it's open to Psalm 23. It's a very well-known scripture. It happens to be one of my own personal favorites. And you know what? I'll say this here now. If the Lord should tarry and the Lord takes me home, hallelujah, read this one in my service. Praise God. This is, this is one of the best. I love it. Don't worry, honey. I'm not one in right? Relax. Hallelujah. Praise God. There's so much more work for me to do. Amen? Pretty soon I'll be hot. Hot Rapturo, rapture, hallelujah, glory to God, it's happening. But there are six verses which encapsulate so much of God's best, God's heart for his people right here in this little passage of scripture. The Lord is our shepherd. God is your shepherd this morning. He's our provider. He's our peace giver. He's our refresher our restorer, our guide, our comforter, our protector, our defender, our big brother, our spiritual source. He's the overflow God, hallelujah. He's merciful, he's a good, good father, an eternal loving God whose desire is to be with you and with me forever and ever and ever and ever. Some of us don't want to be with each other for an hour or two. Hallelujah. 
be with you forever. Not only that, in his father's house, in his father's kingdom, in paradise, where there will be no more weeping, no more tears, no more sickness, no more death, no more disease. Hallelujah. There won't be no enemy on your shoulder and an angel on the other. That day will be over. Hallelujah. Where the lion will lay down with the lamb. Glory to God. But this morning, we're going to go down this path. I call it the expositional path of Psalm 23. We're going to go verse by verse, precept upon precept. Hallelujah. You know, when we hear that word precept, everybody gets scared. Oh, we're going deep. We're going in. We're going deep. It really means principles, rules, teachings, guidelines, instructions. It's, it's just basically ripping apart the word of God and getting into it expositionally. I don't normally preach in this manner, but the Lord wants me to go through these expositionally this morning. Amen? So let me give you some background. Historically, the book of Psalms is the largest book in Scripture. It's composed of songs, of hymns, of poetry. Psalms explores the full range of human emotion and human experience in a very, in a very personal, intimate, and practical way. There's 150 chapters in the book of Psalms with diverse topics such as jubilation, war, peace, judgment, worship, devotion, messianic prophecies are in there, hallelujah, praise and lament. It has it all. The book of Psalms served as a hymnal or a devotional booklet for the Jews of uh, God's people. We look at the authors. There are several authors that wrote the book of Psalms. David wrote a majority of those Psalms, and I believe many of them were written in his time in the field as a shepherd himself. Praise God. Asaph, the sons of Korah, Solomon, Moses, Ethan were all among the writers of Psalms. Psalms is broken down into five books. Think of this. These books are parallel to the five books of Moses, which is the Pentateuch. It is also subdivided into seven parts. So it's one for each day of the week. And it's further divided into 30 divisions. So it's one for each day of the month. And the Jews would read Psalms religiously. They would read it day and night, so that in the course of one month, the whole book of Psalms would be read in the entire month. I always tell people, especially new believers, because oftentimes they say, what do I read, what do I read, what do I read? I always tell them, you know what, start out with the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Mark Luke, and John. And after you're done there, in the morning, read from the Proverbs, which has 31 chapters. So whatever today is, today is the 11th, right? You would read Proverbs 11. Proverbs gives you wisdom for every day. And then Psalms replenishes what the world took out of you all day long. You can come back home and be refreshed in your spirit by reading the Psalms at night before you go to bed. Amen? So let's go into our message this morning. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. There is no irony that I picked the Lord holding a little black sheep. Almost every picture, when you read uh, the shepherd, Lord, is a little white sheep. 
But, but there was that one, the little black sheep. You know what that represents? There's nothing you have done that is so dirty and so grimy that the blood of Christ Jesus cannot cover over. And, and though you might think, man, I have done such evil. I've done wrong. How can he ever love me? How can he ever forgive me? He is saying to you this morning, I want to be your shepherd. It doesn't matter. I've seen it all before. I'm not scared. I'm not shocked. I went to the cross on your behalf. He says, I want to be your shepherd. Turn to your neighbor. Tell him he loves you today. Praise God. Yes. David. David was a shepherd boy. His job was to look after his father's sheep. David knew exactly what he was talking about when he said, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Because as he was in the fields taking care of his father's sheep, they had no need for nothing. David was their shepherd, and he was able to care for them, to protect them, to make sure they found the green meadows of great, I don't eat grass, but I would imagine that the meadows were delicious. They found food and water and streams. Praise the Lord. A shepherd is one who looks after the sheep. David led the sheep, but God led David. This morning, is God leading you in your direction, in your path, wherever you are headed? Is the Lord God your shepherd this morning? And if he is, where is he leading you? Are you eating? Are you drinking? Are you protected? One day God called David away from the sheep to become king of his people. And now instead of leading sheep, now he will be leading the people of God, the great nation of Israel. David. I love this character in scripture. He's one of the guys I want to meet the minute I get to heaven. Hallelujah. After I lay my crown at the Lord's feet, after I kiss the scars on his feet and kiss the scars on his hand and tell him I'm not worthy and I don't deserve nothing. After all of that, I say, where's David? I need to meet that brother right there. Where's David? I want to worship with him. I want to worship God with David. I want to play an instrument with David. I want to dance like David danced. Yes. Hallelujah. There's nobody to fight up there, so I can't go to war with him. Hallelujah. <laughs> but I want, to, I want to know him because this is a guy that the Lord said was a man after his own heart. Yes. What a guy. David was a, a man's man. But he had some jacked up issues too, praise the Lord. And that's a sermon for another day. But David looked back on his life as a shepherd boy in the field, and he could remember times that the Lord helped him out. Can you look back on your life and remember where you have been delivered from? You see, oftentimes we, we lose sight of the good things that God has done. Or sometimes God has done something so big that we're like, that's it. I don't need anything else. And that becomes the glory testimony of yesteryear. And every time we want to brag about the goodness of God, we say, well, back in 1982, in May 17 of 82, the Lord did this for me. But what is God doing for you now? Hallelujah. You see, God is a progressive God. 
you can jump on the train and get run over it because it ain't stopping. Hallelujah. You know, but what has God done for you lately? Praise God. How about them apples? Hallelujah. But David looked back and he says, one time a lion tried to steal one of the lambs. One time a bear came into my camp and tried to take a lamb. I literally took it out of its mouth. Do you know that the Spirit of God came upon that young little boy and he was able to slay the lion with his hands? There was no, uh, 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 you know, rag and rock. He did that with his hands. Both times the Lord, the Spirit of God came upon him and was able to help him rescue the little lambs under his care. Listen to the character, the nature of David. Because there was another monster he had to face as a young boy. In 1 Samuel, he said, David said to Saul, Your servant used to keep his father's sheep. And when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, I went out after it and struck it and delivered the lamb from his mouth. And when it arose against me, I caught it by its beard and struck it and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, seeing that he has defied the armies of the living God. Man, if I could run around this place, I would run. That, that, that charges me. That ignites me. And listen, in verse 35, he said, I went out after it and struck it. It didn't say that he hid behind a rock. A lion, a bear. I know what I would do. I'd be out. I'll call the, 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 the what are you, the ASPCA, or I'll call some animal rights thing. I'll be 911, 911. I'm in the car. There's a lion and a bear right in my, in my garbage. Come and get it. Shoot it. Put a tranquilizer in it. David went out under the power, the anointing of the Spirit of God, and he killed the beast. And then he looked out of this giant where all of Israel, terrified, terrified, oh, and then mocking them. He said, you know what? You know what I love? He didn't even call Goliath by name. That's right. Uh -huh. He said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that dares defy the armies of the living God? You see, David knew the God of covenant. Yes. David knew the God of covenant. He was anointed by Samuel to be king of Israel. He said, this dude is not going to take my spot. What am I to fear? What am I afraid of? The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Who is this Philistine dog? You know what? You come to me with javelin and spear, but I come to you in the name of the God of Israel. Hallelujah. And today, I will chop off. David picked 
Do you know why he picked out five stones? Yes. And there was one giant? Not because he was afraid of missing, because there's a verse in scripture that said that they could, they could uh, kill a mosquito from 700 yards away. That's how accurate these guys were when, when they were taught with the slingshot. He was accurate. Kill a fly. Oh, there's a fly up there. Oh, my God. I don't need no fly spotter. I'll throw a rock that way. See, David was an expert monster. But Goliath had four cousins. And he said, just in case one of those ugly, big, big-headed dudes pop up over here, I got a little something, something for you too. Cool waters 
How many have had a drink of cool water on a hot day? Especially when you decided, you know what, I'm going to live up to my New Year's resolution, and I'm going to go out and jog, and I'm going to go out and walk, and after about one block, you go, this is not for me, hallelujah. I need a cool drink of water, and then you get that cool drink, and it's just delicious. Right? The Bible says working out profits a little, hallelujah, right? It does profit. It's a good thing. Praise God. Another message for another day. Hallelujah. Yes. But the delicious green grass and the cool waters, it's important that he would bring the sheep to still waters. He leads me beside still waters. Think about this. If the waters were noisy and rushing and rapid, the sheep would not drink. They would be afraid of the running water. If there was water that was gushing all over the place, and white water, people, white water rafting, the sheep ain't gonna go down there and drink. And sheep, I, ha I have to say it, we're dumb animals, man. Sheep are like among the dumbest animals on earth. And if there was rapids and running water, they would literally drown. Uh, they, would, they would not drink, they would uh, dehydrate. They wouldn't even drink. You know, we've talked about this in this church before, about cast down. This is the most ridiculous thing, but it's true. And if you Google it, you'll see I'm telling you the truth. When you hear the term cast down, that means a sheep fell over on its back. When a sheep is cast down, it will not have the sense to get back up again. So a sheep will literally stay on its back and wait for the shepherd to say, dude, come on, get up. And there are pictures, if you will see on Google, where the sheep literally die and, and are eaten up by the scavengers because they are cast down. And even David said, why is my soul cast down within me? Right? What happens is we need to have the sense to get back up again. The righteous fall down seven times and they get back up again. Praise God. We go, ooh, I learned that lesson. I ain't going through that no more. No way. But the sheep don't have the sense. So that's why it's important to be led to still waters, not running waters. That's why you need good fresh meadows and green grass so that you can feed properly. If, if that weren't the case, the sheep would die of hunger or dehydration. God, our good shepherd, make sure that not only I, but that you also can find the green meadows week after week. That you get fresh word, fresh manna, daily bread, every Sunday, every week, so that you can feed on his word, feed on his faithfulness, and drink of the Lord's goodness. I love this verse of scripture, Psalm 37, 3. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Do you know what that means? That our God is dependable. We can count on him. That God is faithful and he's good. He will never allow you to go hungry. He will never allow you to be dehydrated. Praise God. The only reason why people go hungry and people dehydrate spiritually is because they're not feeding themselves. They think that the shepherd's job is to grab them and put them in a headlock.
Thank you for joining us for Church of the Week. Tune in again next Sunday at 3 p.m. Telling the world about the love of Christ is a church's mission. Empowering that church is ours. If you would like more information on Church of the Week, contact Steve at 212-857-9677. That's 212-857-9677. We now return with our Church of the Week's message for today 